How personalized can a financial plan be when it's created by one of those robo-advisors? Plugging in standard algorithm to calculate insurance need and future wealth of random human client. Robots don't know you. We do. At Farm Bureau Financial Services, getting to know you always comes first. Together, we'll create a financial plan based on your specific goals. Find a local Farm Bureau advisor at fbfs.com slash protect. It's your future. Let's protect it. You're listening to the Chicago Audible Podcast, changing up the way Bears fans stay up to date on their favorite team since 2015. Now get ready. Because it's time to bear down. Welcome back, Bears fans, to another episode of the Chicago Audible, and welcome to our preseason week four postgame show as the Bears just fell to the Tennessee Titans 19-15. to But hell, the score does not matter. I'm just glad that preseason is finally over. And of course, I'm your host, Will DeWitt, and again, whew, the preseason <laughs> is officially behind us. And don't forget, seven days from right now, we should be having another victorious episode of the Chicago Audible with another victory over the Green Bay Packers. And of course, I'm not alone here tonight. I have my co-host, Nicholas Moriano, right here with me. Nick, things are starting to finally feel real, aren't they? About time. They are starting to feel real. You know, a week from now, we will be talking about hopefully a bear, you know, hopefully a Bears victory over the Green Bay Packers in a game that counts. So thank goodness preseason is over. That was a felt longer than usual. And, you know, last year they had five games. This was four games. But this felt forever. Forever, it may not even be a right word for this. It felt like an eternity, <laughs> uh, but yeah, it, I'm glad it's finally over. I mean, I'm not going to celebrate you know, a bunch of players losing their jobs, but this does happen each and every year. Mm-hmm. But as fans of the Chicago Bears and someone who's been covering this team for all this time, I'm ready to talk about real football. After what we saw in the playoffs last year, this offseason just drug on because there wasn't a lot of action going on because this team's pretty deep as it is. And finally, we're a week away, so I'm ready. And Nick, are you ready just to jump right in to the show? Yeah, let's do it. Last preseason postgame podcast. All right, so quick disclaimer. This postgame show is going to be a tad bit unorthodox. Instead of our full game recap, we're going to go through our traditional opening segments in the first quarter of the show. But after that, it's on to roster prediction. Nick, I know you're feeling pretty confident about your final 53, right? I know you're. it's perfect, right? 100%? I mean, everyone should just look at mine because that's what it's going to look like in a couple of what, maybe a day or so when the Bears actually release it. But yeah, I'm very confident in this roster. Yeah, I mean, obviously all Ryan Pace is doing right now, the game's over. He's listening to us. He's listening to you. And then he's just going to be like, write it down. Like, thanks, Nick. And it's over. Done. Yeah, that's all he needs to really do. I just did his job for him. So you're welcome, Ryan Pace. Well, we should get paid if that's the case. But all right, we're going to just go ahead and dive right into the opening drive and begin with... Well, let's go with Nick's Moriano Minute just to keep him on his toes. Oh, man, I was opening up another screen over here. Yeah, Moriano Minute. I think 
uh, for this one. We saw some players in this last preseason game just kind of take advantage of this moment. Even if they don't make it on this roster, a guy like Thomas Ives, who hasn't been very productive to the preseason, showed up in this game. You have Jesper Horstead as well, who just flat out had the game of his life today. That's what you want to see from some of these guys. Like We acknowledge that, yes, we're happy that the preseason is over. But again, in reality, a lot of guys are going to be losing their jobs. But I hope those two guys who you know balled out in this last game with the Bears, maybe this was their last game with them, but at least they showed another, you know, 31 other teams. Look what I can do. I put it on tape. Hopefully they end up at a spot, maybe with the Bears, maybe with somebody else. But that's my Moriano, man, just acknowledging all the players that may not be able to get a spot here, but at least they showed their best in this last preseason game. All right. For Moriano Minute, over to Monster Moment. And for me, I'm going to go ahead and give this one to another field goal. Eddie Pinero hitting that first field goal right after he missed that point after attempt. It was ugly. That was a brutal miss that he had. It was a pure shank right off his foot and went straight left. Never had a chance. But then he was able to follow that up on the very next series with a very nice field goal. And then from there, of course, a perfect three for three with his kicks, all within 40 yards, which that's where you want your kickers to be, kind of money. Uh, So for him to show that resilience and hit that kick right after you know you missed that kick and you heard some booze at Soldier Field, which I understand. Uh, but to hear that and him to kind of combat that, show the resiliency, some of the tenacity, some of that grit to overcome a mistake. Again, it's preseason, but to still, he's the only kicker in this roster. We need to see him be able to take a mistake, learn from it, and change something. And that's what we saw today. So that's going to be my monster moment. So Nick. In the U.S. Army, you can make a choice to make your mark. With over 200 fields to choose from, you can join forces with us and take on anything. Visit GoArmy.com to answer, what's your warrior? What's going to be, I'm going to call it the Bear Racer this week. I like the Bear Racer. I think that's pretty fun. What's a moment from this game that you wish you can take back? Is that going to be that point after attempt, or do you have another moment in this game that you wish you can kind of change? You know, the point after attempt, I'm fine. Look, he missed it. He flat out missed it. But there was an opportunity in the game where it was a fourth and four, and the Bears elected to go for it. And I thought Eddie Pinero was going to get another opportunity to kick a deeper field goal. And this would have been after that awful extra point uh, miss. But the Bears, I think, went went for it and still end up getting uh, the first down. But I just would have liked to see Eddie Pinero just get another opportunity to kick. Because, again, how does he bounce back? from missing a chip shot extra point and shaking that badly. And then there was this fourth to four attempt. I think what I, what I saw around the field would have been, uh, they were around the 35 yarder. So it would have been what, maybe a 45, 48 yarder. I didn't see exactly where they were on the field, mm-hmm. but that would have been nice to see just Eddie Pinero getting another opportunity. So that's what I would have gone back and changed if, you know, for the segment. All right. So for me, state of the game that we need to get into that. And I hate to just stay on the Pinero train, but it's the biggest thing in Chicago right now. It really is. And I'm just going to say it. Three for three after missing that PAT in the first quarter, showing that resilience. I think to me, that's the stat of the game. Those nine points helped. Other than that, again, it's a game that doesn't matter. I'm not going to sit here and overanalyze. Oh, they sucked on third down. They weren't able to convert. Oh, the defense was doing a really good on, on third down. Cool. Both teams really <laughs> stunk it up in a red zone. Cool. I don't care. Three for three from Pinero is the only palatable stat I can give you today from this game. But starting next week, week one, I can definitely go a little deeper into my stat of the game. But Nick, it's time to figure out who's going to be the MVP. I don't think we're going to go Pinero here, but I have a three candidates on my list. But I'm going to go to you first because I can pick and choose someone else. So who do you got? 
Yeah, I'm going to go with Thomas Ives. I think a guy that made the most out of his opportunity, five receptions, 99 yards, uh, you know, just showing that he can, you know, maybe not be obviously a starting receiver, even a backup, but he's someone that when given the right opportunity in, you know, just under maybe a preseason game, he can produce. And that's, you know, a lot sure. like what Tanner Gentry was has been able to do with the Bears for a couple of seasons, been able to stick on the NFL roster, keep his dream alive. And, you know, I think Thomas Ives really took advantage of this last preseason game. So that's who I'm going to give my MVB to. You know, he's someone. He's my guy. I saw him training camp real <laughs> early on when we were down there late July, early August. And to see that kind of come out tonight was really cool. He was one of my three. Uh, number two, I'll put 2A, an alternate here, Jesper Horstead. Last week, couldn't even remember his name. I was kind of battling a cold at the time, a little tired that night. But my God, that guy put on a clinic. He makes some really awesome, tough, contested catches. But I'm actually going to give my MVP over to Tyler Bray. The guy's slinging the ball to all these targets today. You know, he finished 28 of 40, averaged over eight yards per throw. He did get sacked three times later in the game when the protection kind of broke down, but he still hung in there. He took some big hits. He was able to bounce right back up, stay in that game, and he finished with a pass rating of 103 tonight. So for me, Tyler Bray, uh, he's going to be off the team tomorrow, and he's going to be back on the practice squad here very soon. But for him to show out like he did today. He's going to be my MVB. Best quarterback play that we've seen all preseason long. But I will say a lot of that started with the protection up front. And it seemed like they were doing a little bit more with the route trees today, trying to open things up a little bit more into a real offense, of a shell of it that we've kind of seen throughout the entire preseason. All right, Nick, before we do enter the second quarter of our show and give our 53-man roster predictions for the offense. Any final thoughts on this game or the preseason in general? Because from this point forward, I'm shutting the book you know, and moving forward. Preseason's done. So any final thoughts on it or this game in general before we kind of hit that second quarter? You know, honestly, just looking at the preseason as a whole, there wasn't a lot of, I guess, big takeaways that you're going to say, oh, now I know what the Bears are going to do on offense. This is what maybe their identity is going to be. No, that's that's not the case. They're just kind of running plays. But this one, they did open things up a little bit. And I see a lot of fans in here early on in this chat, Will, saying they want Tyler Bray to be the backup. So this is a game. Yeah, this is a game where you go 28 for 40, 329 yards. You're going to get people talking about that. Let's shut that down right now. This is the fourth preseason game. Matt Nagy was actually calling plays that, you know, went past the line of scrimmage and, you know, past the first down mark. He's airing it out a little bit. Yeah. Time out, Nick. It was actually, uh, I think Dave Ragone was calling plays. Was it, was it Dave Ragone? Because Helfrich was calling the other one. So whatever, the yeah, offensive. Yeah, they're, they're giving everyone experience. Giving I heard everyone that on the thing, yeah. So my mistake, but at least they're getting opportunities. He's made to look good because of those opportunities, but he's not better than Chase Daniel, everybody. He's just not. It was a preseason game against third and fourth strings that won't be in the league after tonight. So I think we just need to, you know, put the brakes on in that that conversation. It shouldn't be a conversation, but that's just kind of my takeaway from the whole entire preseason because we've been hearing it the entire time now. Tyler Bray is greater than, no, Chase Daniel. No. Yeah, I mean, and our argument, I mean, we talked about it last game, and I'm not, I'm not going to dive into this, but look yeah. at what he did last year in the regular season with the starters, with the actual surrounding cast, and we can go from there. But I guess my final thought is you did see what we needed to from some guys, and I think we'll talk about them when we get into our 53-man project, uh, projections and also the practice squad. But there are some guys that really made strong cases from themselves and people who... Uh, kind of surprised me a little bit. I'm excited to talk about them later on here throughout the show. But 
This was probably out of all the preseason games, my favorite one, maybe because I took it a little less seriously and I wasn't paying as 100% attention to every little minute detail because I had a pretty good hunch on who's making this team regardless. And I was just kind of enjoying the game for what it is. So for me, it was my definitely my more, but maybe the first week because we saw some starters. But since then, definitely my favorite preseason game of the year, despite the outcome. And again, I don't even give a hoot about this outcome whatsoever. All right, well, up next, we're going to enter the second quarter of our show and give you our 53-man roster predictions. But first, we do need to call a quick timeout to tell you a little bit about our show's sponsor, SeatGeek. Do you ever feel like ticketing sites make getting to the event difficult on purpose? The real question is, how easy could it be if those ticketing sites actually cared? With millions of live event tickets and a price match guarantee, SeatGeek proves there is a better way. They built the fastest way to find tickets so you can stop searching for the perfect seat and start enjoying it. So why is SeatGeek better than the rest? That's a great question. To put it as simply as possible, SeatGeek is a better process. SeatGeek pulls together millions of tickets from all over the web. It rates each on a scale of 1 to 10. And finally, SeatGeek displays them on an interactive seat map. And of course, every purchase is fully guaranteed so you can shop for tickets with confidence. All of us here at the Chicago Wildwell have the SeatGeek app on our phone as by far the easiest way that we've been able to shop for tickets throughout the years. Earlier today, I was looking at the Bears-Chiefs game, the game we're going to. Still plenty of amazing deals left if you're looking at joining us later on here in the season. And here's the kicker. SeatGeek will even give you $10 off your first purchase. And all you need to do is use our promo code. Download the SeatGeek app today and use promo code BEARS for $10 off your first purchase. That promo code again is BEARS, B-E-A-R-S, for $10 off your first purchase on SeatGeek. Welcome back. You're listening to the Chicago Audible. I'm Eros Holdewitt. I'm joined by my co-host, Nicholas Moriano. And this is our preseason week four postgame show. And not really anymore. Now it's our 53-man roster prediction episode. And renting the second quarter of our show. And it's time to talk about the Chicago Bears offense. And Nick and I are going to go kind of quickly through here as we're ready for some regular season talk here to begin. But we do want to let you know who we believe after all the stuff we saw in training camp, all the preseason games, who we believe will make this Bears roster. So, Nick, quarterback, I have two. None of them are named Tyler Bray. Anything else you need to add? No, that's that's who I got on the roster as well. <laughs> <laughs> Mitch Trubisky, Chase Daniel, for those who are writing each and one of these down to make sure we do add up to 53. I think two years ago I actually had 54. So I Ooh. did do like triple check math throughout this. It did change. This 53-man roster did change a few times throughout this game as well. So hopefully I am correct. Let me know if I'm wrong at the end of the show. Moving on to running back, Nick, how many running backs do you have on this roster? So this, not that this is a shocker, but this is going to be a I guess one of the positions where I did have one more than anticipated early on, I have four making it. So I do have Tariq Cohen, Dave Montgomery, Mike Davis, and I have Kareth White Jr. making this roster. I think if you put him on the practice squad, people who have some obviously have some tape on him, you see the kick return ability. He's someone that I think would be picked up, potentially put on someone else's 53 if they're not as confident in the running back position. But I have Kareth White making it. I have the same exact four. I think this is going to happen mostly throughout the episode for those listening. I mean, this team is so deep. There's only a couple positions that can go either way here. But I do have the same four when you have Cohen, Montgomery, Davis, and White. I was torn on White. I think he could stick on that practice squad, maybe. But I don't think it's worth the risk because his athletic gifts is something that teams would covet. If we brought on Taquan Mizell from the Ravens practice squad two years ago, 
someone would bring in Kareth White and kind of poach him from ours. So that's my thought, and mm-hmm. that's why I went with him. I did have to cut someone later on who I didn't want to, but we'll get... Does a robot know you like a neighbor? Insurance Corporation will fulfill request to cover anyone, anything, anytime, anywhere, with most standard algorithm. In the order it was received, please hold. Robots don't know you. We do. At Farm Bureau Financial Services, getting the insurance coverage you need always starts with a conversation. Find a Farm Bureau agent at fbfs.com slash protect. It's your future. Let's protect it. To that in a moment. Moving on to wide receiver, Nick. How many do you have? Do you have more than six? I do have more than six. So I'm going with seven for wide receiver. And uh, you know what? Before I say mine, how many did you go with? I got six. I got six. That's my that's my baseline. So I had a hunch that you may have gone over. So you have you have more. So let me give you my six, and then you can tell me the addition because I'm sure that's right. how it's going to go here. Uh, you have Allen Robinson, Taylor Gabriel, Anthony Miller, Cordero Patterson, Javon Wims, and Riley Ridley. That's my six. You have then seven. I'm- who do you got? I'm going to add I'm going to add Marvin Hall to that mm-hmm. list. I think he if you were to only look at his stats from the preseason and see what he did, that's not uh, a good indicator of what he could have done this season, especially with how the quarterbacks played early on. There are a couple touchdowns that he should have had, but just watching him in training camp, he was a guy that was consistently, you know, available on the deep ball. And I think that's what Matt Nagy wants to have in this offense. So I think he is a guy that's just a flyer. You can utilize him also on special teams as well. They had him at punt returner, kick returner, but I think he does end up making it as that seventh wide receiver. Okay, see, this is interesting, and I can't wait to see where our numbers differ later because I was either or, Kareth White or Marvin Hall because they both bring that speed. And I had, if you put White to the practice squad, at least on my roster, that opens the spot for Marvin Hall. I didn't see Marvin Hall out there today, did you? No, I didn't. That's what makes me think he could make this team. I yeah, don't know no, where, I don't know. Where, I don't know where he's going to cut him. I don't know where this is going to change because I had a hard time finding a spot for him. So we'll see. But the fact I didn't see him makes me lean towards you that he should be on this team. And they brought him in for a reason through free agency. We saw him being very active in training camp, and you said it. Preseason production, not ideal, and it's not a good indicator because there are two touchdowns left on the board where he had his man beat, but the quarterback was not able to make the throw. And that's not on the receiver. That's on the quarterback play. So for me, I, I agree with you. I'll see where you make some other cuts here. But for me, I could not find a spot for him. So I'm very intrigued to see where this goes. Moving over to tight end. Who do you have? Uh, I have four making it, and that's Trey Burton, Adam Shaheen, Ben Broniker. And initially, I didn't have Bradley Saul making this, but the way that Matt Nagy has been talking about him throughout the course of this week, it just makes it seem like he's going to make this roster. They said, look, he's taking a chance and just trying this new position switch. We're not being harsh on him. We know he's got to adapt. So it just seems like he is going to be a lock on this roster. Even though I really didn't see much from Bradley Saul in the preseason or at training camp, but he does end up being the fourth tight end that makes it. All right. I have five tight ends. This is where we go. This is where we differ. I figure this may be the case. I have the same four as you with Burton all the way down to Sal. God, Nick, I don't know. I mean, I was Ian Bunting fanboy 101 from training camp throughout preseason. And then Jesper Horstead from the <laughs> end of last week when I still couldn't recall his name on the show. And then he came out and balled out again. God, it's tough. I think you go Horstead. You go with the hot hand because you can slide bunting into the practice squad. This is me 
changing my opinion on the fly because I am going to trust what my eyes were showing me between last preseason game and this one. And I think that you're seeing a guy like Horstead not being, you know, not only finding ways to, you know, beat his guy in one-on-one coverage uh, with some tight coverage, finding ways to adjust to the football and haul it in. Really, like I said, on top of the show, what he's able to do, you can't teach. You really can't teach that. That is natural God-given talent, what you're seeing out of Jesper Horstead, and he's super smart. You're going to have uh, two guys on this tight end on this roster from you know Ivy League schools. You have Broniker, and now, of course, well, maybe. We don't know yet, uh, but Horstead now. So for me, you get the Harvard and the Princeton. That's a really smart group right there. And again, Ian Bunting, he does need some work with his blocking, and I think the practice squad is a good spot for him. It's not a bad thing. Ben Broniker, Daniel Brown, years ago, started on the practice squad, worked their way up. And I think he'd be a good guy waiting in the wings. Same with a guy like Dax Raymond. But we'll talk about the practice squad here in just a little bit. But as a guy, as myself, has been so high on Ian Bunting, and I'm changing my mind here because Horstead just proves otherwise, I just wanted to kind of reiterate that I'm not down on Bunting, but Horstead's a hot hand, and I think he really could be a good fit here in this team. All right, offensive line. Nick, how many do you have making it for the guys up front? Yeah, so I have nine offensive linemen making this roster. They had nine in 2018, and they've had eight, eight, and nine uh, the other years. But I have Leno, Whitehair, Daniels, Kyle Long, Bobby Massey, Ted Larson, Rashad Coward, and Alex Bars. I think I've seen enough from Alex Bars this preseason, showing the versatility, which is another key addition to that. I just had to put him on this roster. If another team who saw this tape, you're seeing a lineman that can play the guard position effectively, but did so at the last minute when one of his teammates got injured, put him out at tackle, and he wasn't the worst tackle out there because of the play of the Bears, basically, uh, in that game against the Colts, but that versatility, that Harry Heastan connection, put him, I had to put him on my 53-man roster, so I have nine offensive linemen making it. Okay. Now, I was looking at the, uh, the comments rolling through the chat. I have eight, so tell me who I missed, because I need to know. Uh, so I have Leno Jr., Whitehair, Daniels, Long, Massey, Larson, Coward, Bars. <laughs> that's nine. Is it nine? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I have eight. That's eight. It's eight? Oh, I oh boy. Oh boy, then I did my math wrong, you guys. So I'm gonna fix this before the end of the show and I'll still add up with fifty three. So eight guys. Ah, well that's anything on offense you want to change? Are you adding another tight end? No, I knew exact I know exactly where I'm gonna change it. It's kinda of, it's it's in the defensive part. <laughs> Someone in Periscope. That's only eight. I thought so too. I, like, I didn't hear one that I didn't name on my own list. So that's you know, why I, I do English list. at the high school I'm at. <laughs> that's right. Hey, you know we talk for a living, Nick. We don't do math. Uh, I haven't done that's math true. in quite some time. The only math I do is my own personal budget, and I don't know how well I do that either. So, <laughs> all right. Anything else on offense? Any thoughts? Anything you want to just vent about or let out there? Do you want to move on to defense? You know what? I think like that tight end position where we have. Differing opinions on who can make it, and especially how Jesper Horstead has been playing the last you know, two games with the touchdown catches and the production. That's going to be an interesting decision for the mm-hmm. Bears. But, uh, yeah, we'll have to just wait and see how it all plays out in the end. And it's not just these preseason games because I was going through my training camp notes. He made some plays in camp too, and it wasn't as much as bunting, um, but 
he was out there and he was making some plays. And he was someone that was so far down on my radar because I was really looking at Bunting and Raymond as those undrafted free agents that the Bears should be high on. And I overlooked uh, Horstead. I can't do that anymore. I mean, after you, if you keep doing that, I mean, you're just making a mistake at some point. I think it, to me, I'm at that point. So we'll see if Ryan Pace and company are as well. And again, if they change it and neither make it, I don't think you're keeping three tight ends, though, on the practice squad. And I think they can keep two. So I think one of these three make it. And Dax Raymond's getting paid the most money. Ian Bunting had the most hype. But now Jesper Horstead at the end made the best case. So we'll see how they kind of divide up these players. But like you said, it's going to be very, very interesting. All right, moving over to the third quarter of our show here, defensive roster predictions. Moving on to the defensive line, do you have five? I have five. I do have five, and I counted this time, so <laughs> we don't have to have any discrepancies there. But Akeem Hicks, Eddie Goldman, Bilal Nichols, Roy Robertson-Harris, and then Nick Williams, Nick Williams? as yeah. my fifth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Well, so Will Jonathan, Nick, Bullard, the one with Jonathan Bullard has not shown Nothing. anything this preseason. He has not, and I think uh, even though he, what, now it's two years ago, or three years ago now, uh, drafted in the third round, yes, there's some high expectations from him in Florida with that get-off speed, but that has not translated in the NFL thus far. And Nick Williams, he was getting practice reps with the ones when we were at training camp. Yep. Well, I remember that. He was mm-hmm. making plays earlier on in this preseason. And still, I think that kind of shows where Nick Williams is valued on this defense. Obviously, not one of the starting rotation, but a guy that could fill in at the three or the five. So I think that's what you need to be able to do. Be versatile. If you're versatile on this Bears team, especially Matt Nagy, you will find a spot on this team. Yeah, I mean, that's really what it comes down to, Nick. And that's why I did it. There's just no, like, John Bullard has shown us nothing. And I can't I can't give him any more excuses. I can't say, maybe the light bulb will turn on. And, yeah, oh, he and Roy Robertson-Harris together it combined is a really good defensive lineman. I think Roy Robertson-Harris <laughs> is a pretty damn good defensive lineman now. So you don't have to have that handcuff. Nick Williams is a guy who can play nose tackle. He can play defensive tackle. He can play all of all the positions up front. And that versatility and his ability to be a little bit more, you know, strong and flashy compared to a Bullard who's a little bit slow and loafy. <laughs> I'm going <laughs> Nick Williams. I'm going with the guy that shows me the effort over the guy that I haven't seen anything out of. And it's time to just cut your loss with John Bullard. Move forward with him. And again, uh, I think he will find a spot somewhere else on another team once or if he's cut. But I do believe the Bears have so much talent on the defensive line that they would be wise to keep so, uh, you know, is as deep as possible. I think Nick Williams kind of provides you that. He's someone who's been here since a year ago. He was on a practice squad. They kept him around. I think we've seen a lot of growth out of him. And I think this is the next step for him is to make this final 53-man roster. All right, moving on to linebacker. Let's start on the outside, Nick. Uh, I have five. Uh, I'll see what you have here. I have Khalil Mack, Leonard Floyd, Aaron Lynch, who surprised me, by the way, that he had to play so much today. Don't know yep. what that was about. I know he was battling some injuries, so maybe they want to get him some game action. And, yeah, I mean, kind of not, you know, not totally indispensable, but also someone that you could put out there. And if an injury did happen, like, well, that's Aaron Lynch. Uh, then you have Isaiah Irving. And then I'm going James Vodders. All in. My chips are in on James Vodders making this team. Uh, each and every week this preseason, well, Vodders did something really good. If he can do it again next week. That's going to help his case. 
And he did it again this week. He had a really good sack and a really good inside move and got in there in a hurry. And we've seen that all preseason long. He's making plays. And you can't have enough good guys who can get after quarterbacks. And James Waters is a guy who makes plays, can get after quarterbacks, and I want him on my football team. So that's going to be my five for the outside linebackers. What about you, Nick? Those are the same five I have. We have not seen anything, you know, really – throughout his entire career and it's still you know is ongoing but Kylie Fitz hasn't shown anything you guys I know he's a six-round draft pick just a year ago but he has not shown anything in the preseason or that he's really even worthy to have on the active roster where you have to depend on him some plays in the game at least from James Waters yes he's playing against lower competition but at least he's making plays against that lower competition he's getting sacks disrupting the quarterback causing turnovers Mm -hmm. maybe that doesn't translate and he doesn't do that in a regular season game we wouldn't expect him to being the fifth you know edge rusher but he's at least shown flashes and the capabilities that he can potentially do that we haven't seen that from kylie fitz so that's why i had to also go with waters something cool about waters i looked up today uh he's actually he was actually born in chicago that's not his hometown that's not where he grew up but he was born in chicago and it would just be fitting for the way he's played the last you know couple of weeks that he earns himself a spot here in chicago yeah a hundred percent. And I think Fitz, he, I mean, he does have practice squad eligibility, but spoiler, I don't know if I would keep him on the practice squad because I just don't see what we could potentially even develop with him. He just doesn't seem like he's NFL capable to a degree in which we want him to be here in Chicago at least. Um, but yeah, same five. We agree. It's Vodder's house. And I'm trying to come up with a good pun like Slaughterhouse, <laughs> but the S at the end of his name kind of screws it up. But I tried. I tried, tried. it. But uh, inside linebacker, how many do you got? Inside linebacker, I have four of the Bears. Since Ryan Pace has got to Chicago, he's had four every single year. And I think that stays the same this year. Dan Trevathan, Roquan Smith, Nick Kwiatkowski, and Joel E.A. Buniwe are the four inside linebackers that make this roster. Five. Oh, boy. All right. I'm going with my guy, KPL, Kevin Pierre-Lewis. I liked what I've seen out of him all of training camp. I think he's going to be a very sound special teams player. And when you're looking to fill that bottom half of the roster, you're trying to go for special teams, guys. It's not as much about the position as much it is about what they can provide you on special teams. And I think Kevin Pierre-Lewis and uh, you know Iggy, as well as Kwiatkowski, those are three guys who can all play special teams at a very... Uh, high-ish level, decent level at least. And so for me, those are the guys I would like on this roster. I think Kevin Pierre-Lewis is a very uh, instinctual linebacker. I've seen some really good things from him. He flies to the football. I don't think he will need to play defense this year. I think there will be guys ahead of him. Um, But I did have to make some cuts elsewhere, as you know, and that's going to be in the secondary. So let's look at that. Cornerback. I'm assuming you have more than me because I have five. Yes, I do. Well, actually, no. This is where I have to make my mistake from earlier with the eight offensive line. So I also have five cornerbacks making it. Kyle Fuller, Prince of Mukamura, Buster Screen, Kevin Tolliver, Duke Shelley. I did have John Franklin III, and then I learned math a couple of minutes ago and decided this was the did guy you, though, that I had to wait, cut. Did you, though? Wait, wait, wait. Think this through, Nick. You had nine offensive linemen. You took away mm-hmm. one. That yep. means you have one extra spot, so you're fine. No, but I still count to 53, right? Oh, with the nine. Yeah, yeah so we, I, we suck I just, at math. Yeah, so, yeah, I had to get rid of a guy, and that's why John Franklin III had to go. No, I, I don't understand this, because if you had 53 with nine, but it was actually eight, then you're still at 53? 
Or would that so, actually mean you're 50? Today is the day you're going to find your chill in this wild, wild world. Number overthinking, self-doubt, or spiraling negative thoughts. We can't control all the variables in our lives, but at a little bit of chill podcast, we can learn how we want to react to them. Chill is a vibe, a podcast full of inspiration, practical tools, fun, and a whole lot of laughs. Check us out. A little bit of chill, the podcast. Join Callie and Will for a little bit of chill, the podcast drops every Thursday. Two. I can I count. No well, you go your cornerbacks. I'll count the guys. Please do, because I do think you have a spot, <laughs> but I can't look at your notes for you. So count your guys. Yeah. I do All think right, you I'll may have them. this spot. All right. Because, it, yeah. Just do that. My guys, I mean, you said five, and I said five. This is the same, guys. There's no surprises here. Fuller, Amukamara, you know, Screen, who all these guys have not played all preseason. And then Tolliver, who did play a lot more tonight. I thought he was more of a lock. And then, of course, Duke Shelley, who is someone that the Bears are high on, and he's versatile. He can play inside and outside. So those are my five. And Nick's still trying to count, so I'm trying to prolong and stall here. And that's all I got. <laughs> it's late. Uh, I'm still counting. Yes. So I can I can keep John Franklin. Yes. I thought so. I, yeah. 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 So the thing is with John Franklin and what I was kind of thinking, this is where it could either if the Bears, because there was a lot of talk earlier on um, right when training camp was rolling around. Will the Bears go this big dime package? And I was thinking maybe they do take another safety in the spot. But they've consistently had at least – they've had six cornerbacks on this roster. 2018 they had six. 2017 they had six. And you just want to see if you can have some developmental guys behind Prince of Mucamora who's got most likely not going to be here after this 2019 season. And I think if you have more people in there, not just Kevin Tolliver who could be the exception to that, you give another guy like John Franklin III maybe an opportunity to grow – Yes, that would be good for the Bears moving forward. So that's what my reasoning was for keeping a John Franklin third on this roster. All right. Let's move on to safeties. I have five. You have five? Are we doing math? We're, we are, we're doing math. We're yes. Math Who are your great. five, though? My five, Curious. Eddie Jackson. Ha-ha, <laughs> Clinton Diggs. Are you surprised yet? Uh, no, no, I'm not. <laughs> Deion Bush, anything? Tickling your fancy yet? Nope, nope. We're good there. DeAndre Houston Carson? Got him as well. Sherrick McManus. There's no way you not keep Sherrick McManus on this team. I, I kept no. I had the same five there. So um, again, I think. Well, see, I remember early on, I didn't even know that Sherrick McManus was making that transition. So I had to really account for that. Uh, obviously, now and seeing him in training camp, I think he's transitioned, you know, well for a new position for himself. He's a veteran. It's something that he's. Uh, I think was if anybody could do it, it was him, just because he's been in the game for so long. But yeah. Same five uh, safeties there. I did see some rumblings of, oh, they should move on from McManus and find someone younger at the position to kind of back it up. I get that. But think about this from this perspective. McManus, he's been here since Levy Smith. He's been here through all the turmoil. All, I mean, he's been here through Tressman and Fox and all of it. The gross era that we don't even want to talk about when we started this podcast. And now he's been able to see it through the upswing. I mean, he went from an almost championship team uh, back all the way in the early 2010s to now, you don't get rid of a guy who's been through all that. You keep him on because he knows and he's going to fight to get this thing to the finish. And you just reward that. You really do. And he's a great special teams captain, a great guy. He's been here. He's tenured. He stays on this team. No questions asked, at least in my mind. But all right, that's 50 each, if I'm counting. And we're pretty close overall on this team. But final three, uh, 
special teams. Do you have any surprises? Um, being pretty much Pat O'Donnell at punter, Patrick Scales is your long snapper, Eddie Pinheiro is the kicker. Unless, do you believe there is a chance of another kicker? I believe number 15 is kicking seven days from tonight. Yeah, he's going to be your week one starter, Eddie Pinheiro. After that first extra point, you're you're wondering, oh, well, are they going to bring someone in? But he really rebounded after that, and I think come you know Green Bay, you will see Eddie Pinheiro. But we can we'll see. I think it's the first seven weeks where you can really uh, tell if the Bears want to stay with Pinheiro, see how he obviously handles the situation, the pressure of being the the Bears kicker, which we all know is no easy task. But yeah, so same three. We don't really have any other options for those special teamers, but that's fine for now. Those are the three that make it, and that hopefully adds up to 53. <laughs> I think so. If you are counting at home and somewhere we effed up, let us know. But I'm pretty sure I have 53. Nick, uh, who knows? You know what? Yeah, but I, I'm pretty sure I recounted it. I think it comes out to 53. Cool. Well, do you have any practice squad guys? I have a handful of guys who I would like to see under practice squad again. You never know because they are scouting the entire NFL. The Bears have scouts all over watching everyone's team for all the depth, and they're going to bring in some people from other teams. And I don't have the human capability to do anything like that, but I can tell you who I like on this team who I think has a good shot at making the practice squad. Uh, Do you have some of those guys too? Yeah, some of the guys obviously with the tight ends that didn't make – my 53-man roster, Jesper Horstead, would, I think, be a great guy if he can stay on the practice squad. That'd be great. Uh, Thomas Ives, if you could do that as well. Ryan Nall is a, guy, a good guy to have around, I think, especially when it comes to preseason and getting your your teams a good look, even in practice. Yeah, that's someone that you want to have around on the practice squad. You're making a face at me, Will. Josh Caldwell, it hasn't intrigued you? <laughs> You know, in this last game, he was running the ball pretty well, and uh, he came from Kansas City, kind of that similar Similar system system, with Andy Andy Reid. Yeah, I mean, it wouldn't be a surprise if they were to keep him on this roster. There's been a cycle of running backs that the Bears have liked. Like you said, that was a great thing. They can keep two two running backs. Caldwell just seems to me as a guy who's a little bit more shifty, a little bit more dynamic, and a guy who's a really tough runner. Nall's a big guy, and I don't see him run to the same degree of grit and fighting through tackles and the leg strength and pushing the pile like I do a Caldwell. And Caldwell has a little bit more of that you know, one-cut speed where Nall is more in line, then that's it. But you can see Caldwell kind of be a little bit more shifty as a back, and I really like that. And I think Kansas City is just really crowded there as well. And it's crowded here in Chicago. But I think the Bears brought him in for a reason. And I think he's going to stick around for some time. Hopefully, again, a practice squad is a perfect spot for this kid um, as the Bears want to kind of you know continue to build. And you're talking about it, right? You want running backs that can really challenge your defense and practice? Caldwell's your guy. I'm telling you. He really, he's really shown me a lot. Last week, it was his first week in the system, similar system. But first week here, didn't really get many opportunities. He had a lot of carries tonight. And I already closed the stats because I didn't care about this game. But <laughs> he did pretty well. He was averaging around th- four yards per carry. And again, he was showing me some things that were popping out a little bit more than Ryan Nall, who to me is a not a one-trick pony because he can catch the ball and be a receiver of the backfield. And he has some good speed. But I think Caldwell has a little bit more tools than maybe a Ryan Nall. But sorry to cut you off. Anyone else on their practice squad radar? You know, Clifton Duck would be an interesting guy to keep around. Obviously, that 62-yard interception was, you know, hit the highlight of his preseason. But another guy that you can develop, possibly on the practice squad. Very, He's a smaller guy, though, and you want to see if he's even, you know, actually cut out to be, you know, in this NFL system. But 
again, why not keep him around, see what he can develop into be another nickelback that you could possibly use down the road? Not saying that that's going to be a possibility, but you never know. Yeah. Uh, were you – sorry, <laughs> I was laughing when you were talking. I was trying not to vocally laugh, but were you as confused as I was? They put him as a punt returner with his no top-end speed at all. Yeah, and he, he looked – he showed it when he was at punt returner. <laughs> like, what do I do? There was that one punt that just kind of died there. He didn't know if he should get it or not. And they he fell backwards trying to go for the ball. So, yeah, that wasn't the – they just wanted to see what he can do. Show that show you're versatile. And that's a, a key way of making a roster. Mm-hmm. All right, so my guys I've highlighted here uh, in terms of practice squad, uh, Sam Mustafer, offensive lineman from Notre Dame. Uh, here he's in connection. He has been playing with the twos. He's an undrafted free agent. I believe he's on that. He's destined for the practice squad. Uh, both tight ends, uh, Raymond, and now I'm looking at Bunting. I guess uh, because of Horstead, unless they change it up on me again. I don't think I don't believe they would keep three tight ends on a practice squad. They would keep two. These would be the guys right now. I would lean, but I wouldn't be surprised if they go another way. Uh, Tyler Bray, Chuck Harris. Outside linebacker from uh, Buffalo. I mean, he's kind of flashed off and on, very rarely, but he's raw. He's still adjusting, but he's shown me more than Kylie Fitz, so right now he'd be my guy. And you mentioned Ives, Josh Woods. I just talked about Caldwell as well. I'm confused what I want to do with corners. It's confusing when you look at those guys, right? John Franklin, because he didn't make my roster. He made yours. But right now, the four I have on my list is John Franklin, our seventh-round pick, Stephen Denmark, uh, Clifton Duck, and then Michael Joseph. I mean, that's... You can keep a couple, you can keep a few, but it's interesting. Stephen Denmark with his injury, they're probably going to sneak him on IR, and that'll be the last we hear from him until next training camp. Uh, so yeah, you're looking at Franklin Duck and Michael Joseph, and all of them have really good cases. So I don't know. I mean, any of them I'd be fine with. I couldn't tell you who. I think Franklin stays probably. Seems like they're pretty high on him overall. And then from there, who knows? You can go with Duckman or you can go with Michael Joseph. So, <laughs> Yeah, it's, it'll be an interesting decision for, for Ryan Pace and this Bears coaching staff, but I can't, I can't tell Ryan Pace who's going to be on the practice squad. That's like hit or miss, toss a coin, that kind of you know probability. For the 53, I feel pretty confident about it, even though I couldn't add it up in the beginning there. <laughs> right. We're talking about Ryan Pace listening to the show and listening to you for your prediction, yeah. and he has a pen, and he writes down, offensive lineman, he writes nine, and he writes down the eight names, like, wait a minute. And he has to like, scribble it out, and we're trying to figure out the numbers, players. and he's <laughs> scribbling and putting arrows and trying to figure out what the hell are these guys talking about. It's the road to the Super Bowl he ends up finding through all that deciphering of my math skills that I don't have. All right, Nick. I think that's pretty much it here for this show. The only thing we need to do, we're technically in the fourth quarter, which means we should end the show like we always do. And that's going to be with our two-minute warning. Time to put today in perspective. And again, seven days from right now, you and I should be on this show. Hopefully, and I believe we will be, talking about a Bears victory over the Packers. 1-0 start to a, what I'm calling a Super Bowl run year. I'm all in. My All my chips are on the table this year, man. Yeah, I was actually just telling my girlfriend about like this year and the Bears and like the hype surrounding it. This is the year, 2019, where the Bears have a legitimate shot to go win a Super Bowl. I'm all in, just like you are, Will. Uh, to all the guys that you know don't make the roster, obviously, you know, wish the best of luck to all of them. Uh, you know, obviously, it's a great. Just great being on an NFL team to showcase your abilities, even in the preseason. Wish all of them well who don't make this 53-man roster in the practice squad. But yeah, it's time to move on to the games that count, the ones that we've been looking forward to ever since that double doink. 
And I cannot wait for Thursday night. It's finally, it's right around the corner where we will be talking about a Bears victory. I'm that confident in this squad and what they're going to do against Green Bay Packers. They're ready. We're ready. Uh, like you said, Nick, this was a game uh, a lot of people are going to lose their jobs, but also a lot of people today really make great cases. One that we kind of glanced over, not even, we kind of briefly discussed, but Alex Bars. Last week, he, you know, he played for guard. He's been playing guard all training camp, and ever since he came here to Chicago, he has experienced a tackle at the collegiate level. They moved him out to left tackle, and he looked damn good. I think he could be a swing tackle in this league if he wants to in Chicago, if that's where they want to peg him. He's that versatile. He can play probably any position up front, and that's valuable. That's huge. He proved his worth today. And other, a lot of other guys did as well, like Horstead and players like that. But for me, Nick, again, preseason's over. I am. I think you can tell the difference in my mood, the difference in my mannerisms, because it was just a long, grueling off-season, a long, grueling camp, a long, 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 grueling preseason, and now we're done. And after this show, you and I get to get right back into our you know season routine. We're going to be pumping out articles. We're going to be pumping out podcast after podcast, and I can't wait to cover this season. And I've been doing a lot of self-reflection over the last two to three days because we've been doing this show since 2015, and you're looking back at you know the preseason and projections and... It was weird, right? Like a few years ago, you, me, and Brandon at the time were having to figure out this whole roster. Every position was a, a, a debate. You didn't know who's going to make it, and you had to figure out, like, well, what players are almost at the sometimes, you know, the best of the worst, and you have to figure it out. And now you and I are just kind of, you know, slightly debating, but mostly agreeing on this roster, and the few places are so tiny. It's like you're looking at like a fifth tight end or a seventh wide receiver. It's it's crazy. The depth on this team is remarkable, and it's awesome to be in this stable environment here in Chicago, and that's exciting. And then something for you and me, Nick, to kind of think about, and this is another part of my self-reflection, you know, we get really into the analyzing of this team. We really have, but this is a year we need to just enjoy it at the same time. Sure. We really, really do, because these years, I just feel like it's going to be one of those seasons that don't come around often in our lifetime. And I mean, we're going to give everyone the analysis that they've come to, you know, grow and to expect from our show over the years, but I'm ready to bring the fun back into it. And I don't think we ever took it out, but I'm just want to show my excitement for this team and I won't be a huge homer, but I'm all in. I told you, this is the year. This is going to be a great season of Bears football. And I can't wait for you and I to you know share this with everyone, all of our listeners. And number two, I can't wait to enjoy this with you. I really can't. You and I, we've been through some tough times doing this show because there, I mean, there were post-game shows years ago where we're just sitting here like, we don't want to go live. Like, this is a bad game. This is a bad team. We don't want to talk about another loss. You're talking about 12, 15 losses a a year. I mean, it was tough. And now it's a complete 180, and we need to reflect and think about that and kind of bring that energy to the show, you know? Absolutely, Will. So, I I mean, I think that's a good thing even for me. Like, obviously, I want to pursue this as a a profession, but sometimes you just got to step back and just enjoy things, especially what we're anticipating as going to be a remarkable season for the Bears. We will, we haven't been enjoying it, but I think this one will definitely have to because there's something special that's going to happen at the end of 2019. Mm-hmm. Well, also in February 2020. Yes, very true. All right, well, that's a wrap. Nick and I, uh, we just had, like I said, we just put a grueling preseason behind us, and it feels like forever ago that. 
like I said, we've ever seen the starters do anything, right? Like the last time we saw them was at camp, and that almost feels like a lifetime ago. I'm losing my camp, my camp tan, and I'm like, ah, <laughs> like I need to get back outside. Too much working. But uh, I also make an excited announce for you listening at home. Uh, the next week, we are going to begin our usual game preview co- coverage, and I say usual, but at the same time, I know it's going to be a short week, uh, so we're going to be going quick hit, you know, show after show after show. So. Get ready. Our first episode next week is going to be Meet the Opponent. Uh, It's going to be on Monday night is when I'm trying to schedule this thing with our guests. First Meet the Opponent episode of the year, which is going to kick off a very quick week of podcasts to get you ready for kickoff. Not that you're already not ready, but, you know, ready from our standpoint. So pat yourself on the back for surviving the offseason, training camp, and now the preseason. It's time to get back to game week. But until then, bear down, Chicago. personalized can a financial plan be when it's created by one of those robo-advisors? Plugging in standard algorithm to calculate insurance need and future wealth of random human client. Robots don't know you. We do. At Farm Bureau Financial Services, getting to know you always comes first. Together, we'll create a financial plan based on your specific goals. Find a local Farm Bureau advisor at fbfs.com protect. It's your future. Let's protect it.